You got to make the morning last. Just well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in nutrition education and counseling that our clients call life-changing. If you're a first-time listener, it may surprise you that this is the 10th year bringing you Dishing Up Nutrition, and the staff at Nutritional Weight and Wellness has been educating and counseling clients for over 20 years. You know, we have grown from one small office in St. Paul, Minnesota, to six locations throughout the St. Paul, Minneapolis area. So joining me today is our co-host, nutrition counselor, Kate Crosby, who sees clients at our North Oaks Nutritional Weight and Wellness office. So welcome, Kate. This is going to be a fun day. It's a great show. Boy, Nutritional Weight and Wellness has really grown so much since the day when I was driving by in that St. Paul location and I saw the sign, Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And I thought to myself, boy, I should check that place out because at the time I was recovering from cancer. I thought I knew a lot about nutrition. And you did. But I thought I should see what nutritional weight and wellness would suggest to help my immune system work better. So I made an appointment with you. And yep, indeed, you changed my nutrition. (laughs) And that was 20 years ago. And you haven't had uh, any relapse of cancer since. No, no. And you've been healthy? I've been healthy, very healthy. And you're doing kettlebells twice a week with me. Along with you. (laughs) By the way, she's swinging 35s these days. (laughs) Well, yeah, but Kate swings 60, so (laughs) 35s nothing. (laughs) You know, I think we all know what you eat usually affects your aches and pains. I I kind of think people by now, if they've been listening, should know They probably know the sugar in bread and... So pasta and bagels all increase those aches and pains. But, you know, they probably also realize that meat and vegetables and those good fats, you know, like butter, olive oil and coconut, decrease the aches and pains. But I also think that most people know that sugar, chips, bread, pasta increases cholesterol. Uh, Now, for a long time, listener, you know, this is not new information, but... For those practicing the old 1950 low-fat eating, this may be new information. And important information. Yes, that sugar and chips and bread increases cholesterol. Exactly. Well, the good fats like nuts, olive oil, oh, butter and my favorite avocados actually are going to lower those cholesterol numbers. Butter lowers cholesterol. How amazing, mm-hmm. isn't it? But how many people in the recovery from an alcohol addiction realize that how you feed your brain can either support your sobriety or interfere with your sobriety? So let's just think about this a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, science tells us that sugar feeds cancer cells. We know that. Yeah. Well, what about sugar feeding or increasing or creating alcohol cravings? Like eating too many cookies or too much pasta or ice cream or even cereal. That just might trigger alcohol cravings. It Yes. And you know, one of the other things that we have noticed, Kate, I bet you've noticed this when you're counseling clients. We've noticed that people that come from, maybe if their parent had been in, uh, 
you know, addicted to alcohol, mm-hmm. they often have higher cravings for sugar. Have you noticed that? Totally. Yes. So it's kind of interesting. And we want to talk about, you know, sugar cravings, alcohol cravings. It's such an interesting topic. And so we have a special guest, and it's really my pleasure to introduce our special guest today, Nancy Lindgren. Nancy's been a friend for a long, long time. And Nancy, you also have something else very special. You have how many years of sobriety? 34 years of sobriety. Wow. Congratulations. Yes, that's a long time with no relapses. How did you do that? Well, um, or how are you doing it day by day? <laughs> Maybe that's what I should well, ask. Well, hmm. day by day, you know, I um, I have a lot of systems in place for mm-hmm. uh, cornerstones of my sobriety, which are good nutrition, um, exercise, um, drinking plenty of water, getting support when I need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simple so things. How mm-hmm. did you get started so, with all yeah. this? Well, initially I went through treatment mm-hmm. and um, I was really lucky. 34 years ago, I went through a treatment center that stressed the importance of good nutrition. Mm. And they fed us very good food. They fed us really healthy breakfasts. We had healthy snacks. We had healthy lunch and dinner with healthy snacks in between. Boy, Nancy, that treatment center was way ahead of its time, wasn't it? It really was. You know, it gave us the opportunity to be fed because alcoholics, when they're first getting into treatment, are hungry. They're starved. You know, they haven't been feeding themselves. Mm -hmm. And... um, then we could really focus on recovering from our alcoholism and the powerlessness over alcohol mm-hmm. that we had. Hmm. It would be really nice if other treatment centers started to look how just how important nutrition is in this recovery. I agree. You know, alcohol is derived from sugar. And right. so you give up the alcohol and your body just craves it. It's sure. crazy, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But it isn't what your body needs. No. It isn't. <laughs> yeah. Your body what... needs to get off of the sugar. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Make you feel better. So you hadn't thought about drinking for a long, long time, 34 years or so. And then what happened? Well, even after 34 years of sobriety, I had a strong craving come hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's little cravings that come here and there. You see the billboard. And, oh, yeah, that beer you know whatever but so so they they pass quickly but this one was a big one (laughs) so nancy i go back on that you you do kind of on ongoing almost maybe not daily but frequently you do have little cravings well little things that come up you know like you're at a party and then they're doing you know they're all having a glass of wine or and it's like oh that looks so good but you know i i just have made Thousands of conscious choices not to drink. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm it's like, oh, yeah, but I don't drink. You know, I mean, but gosh, that looks good. Or those glasses are so pretty or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, It's kind of like my conscious decision. Oh, no, I don't eat dessert. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's been, you know, uh, there had been quite a bit of time where I hadn't even really thought about drinking until I um, realized that. I was going to plan a trip to go mm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, oh, be on vacation. And um, my recent cravings started when I was planning my trip to Italy. Ah. <laughs> and I thought, oh, all the beautiful places I'm going to see. I've never been to Europe. They have wonderful food in Italy. And um, then the wine. 
Don't Italians drink wine with their meals? Isn't it like mandatory? I hope they're not offended that I don't drink. Well, then All the, this stuff was going on in your head. Oh, my God. My my thoughts took off like a wild train. Wow. Um, it was just crazy uh, thinking so about that vacation. You're kind of what we would call an all-or-nothing person, and we seem to see this same thought pattern, this addictive behavior around sugar. Right. Um, we say there's a there's a saying in AA that one is too many and a thousand isn't enough. And exactly. I think that, yep, that can go along with sugar, too. Mm-hmm. You know, they're one and the same. So, you know, when I was drinking... I would, this is the powerless aspect of drinking. I would wake up. I would feel remorseful. I would look at myself in the mirror and I would promise myself I was not going to do that again. Only to repeat that same behavior of drinking and waking up the next morning feeling remorseful to promise myself I wasn't going to do that again over Mm -hmm. and over. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. the powerlessness of addiction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the attic part of my, you know, after all these years of sobriety, I could not believe these thoughts that started with this vacation. I'll be in Italy. I can have a glass of wine or two with my meals, right? That's right. Just with my meals. And just while I'm in Italy. <laughs> and I won't drink when I get back. And no one will even know. And it won't even count because I'm on vacation. I, I love just that line. Say, yeah, I know. <laughs> We have all sorts of ways to rationalize, um, you know, mm-hmm. drinking. Mm-hmm. So it was really crazy thinking. It was what we call in uh, AA stinking thinking, rationalizing all the reasons that we could drink without any consequences. Mm-hmm. So, Nancy, you did go to Italy. Yep. And did you drink? No. <laughs> I did not. Good. I made a very conscious choice not to drink. There was, And I had plenty of support for that. So in my heart, the phrase, to thine own self be true, is a cornerstone of my sobriety. And I wanted to look out for my own best interest. So I talked with my husband about this, and I called my AA sponsor immediately. And we had a really long talk about all the thoughts I was having. And she totally supported me and reminded me how powerless we are as addicts. And uh, when it comes to alcohol... One or two glasses of wine in Italy with meals is just a seduction that I really got caught up in. And I knew I was caught up in it, but I couldn't get out of it. That's Mm -hmm. why I talked with her. Mm -hmm. So I did. I made that conscious choice not to drink. And then it was easy. You know, like while I was there, for the most part, it was easy. You know, and I was around people who were drinking wine with meals and all that. And it just, it was fine. I had had made that choice. You know, I wonder if... People that have more of the sugar addiction, and we have a lot of clients that have that same kind of feeling as they describe it to us, as you kind of do with alcohol, but we know that eating sugar won't give you a DWI or whatever they call it now. (laughs) But it's the same kind of feeling, and they have to make that conscious decision Mm -hmm. to not eat sugar. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. where it has to come first. Right. Mm-hmm. I call it make the commitment. <clears throat> yep. Yes. Yeah. You definitely. know, we need to take a break. All right. It's uh, time for our first break. And when we come back, Nancy, I'd like you to sort of share with us some of your tools for, for remaining sober. But um, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. 
I want to make our listeners aware of our Weight and Wellness Weekend. It's a seminar that runs July 24th through the 26th. And nurses can earn 14.4 continuing ed credits while you learn so much to improve your own health. I would say now that's a win-win. I would too. Yeah. Let me just read you what a uh, recent weight and wellness class member wrote in her evaluation. This is what she said. What a godsend this series was for me. For the first time in seven years, my life is not controlled by abdominal pain, nausea, and bloating. I'm off Miralax, as is my nine-year-old daughter. I'm very grateful for the improvement in my family's and my own health and the increased quality of life. So sign up this week by calling 651-699-3438, or you can register online at weightandwellness.com. A light lunch and snacks will be included, and we'll be right back to discuss more ways nutrition can help support you in your sobriety. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist, and our co-host is Kate Crosby, nutrition counselor. And we are here today with our special guest, Nancy Lindgren, who has had 34 years of continued sobriety. Approximately 18 million Americans are addicted to alcohol. Research in both animals and humans found that the amino acid L-glutamine can reduce both cravings and anxiety. You know, this study was published in the Quarterly Journal of Studies on Alcohol in 1957. Hmm. <laughs> Over 50 years ago, and only a few treatment centers are taking advantage of this research. Yes, hmm. as nutritionist, I recommend using L-glutamine to reduce cravings for both sugar and alcohol. Hmm. So people probably, the listeners are probably having questions for Nancy and so if you want to call the studio today at 651-641-1071. So, Nancy, let's get back to your story. All righty. <laughs> so let's talk about how you've been able to maintain this sobriety for 34 years. And this is very rare, isn't it? I mean, truly. Um, I know you know other people that have maintained, but if you look at all the stats, it's a little rare. Yeah, <laughs> you're I, a rare bird. I don't, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard yeah, thing to is. keep up, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you know, and so the tools for me have been abstinence, of course, um, from alcohol. Making that and drugs. big commitment. Mm -hmm. yep. And making that conscious choice not to mm -hmm. drink, yep. you know, uh, thousands of times probably. Um Good nutrition has really helped up my uh, game, uh, getting enough sleep mm. um, and getting support when I need it with my emotions and exercise. I always feel better with exercise. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The only drug that doesn't have side effects, right? That's exercise. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, that sounds like such a solid plan. You know, you went for years and years. You haven't had a drink. Right. So, Let's explore a little bit of what may have set you up for wanting to drink. Okay. Well, as I thought about the cravings more, I realized that, you know, I had been eating some more sugar and carbs than usual, like crackers and chips and popcorn and ice cream. All of a sudden, some of those things were creeping oh. into my, like, what's going on here? And then I, um, I really got off track with my eating and exercise after a recent and very stressful surgery that I had. Um, first go-to thing for me was 
I wanted pizza and uh, ice cream, you know. Uh We want that comfort, I think, when we're in such distress. Mm -hmm. Um, So eating the sugar and and the processed carbs really set up my brain chemistry to want more sugar and, you know, eventually alcohol. Hmm. Hmm. You know, talking about kind of that brain chemistry, you know, it's like, you know, in our weight and wellness series of classes, we explain how sugar affects brain chemistry. So I thought, let's go over some of this basic facts for listeners today. You know, we have at least 200 different neurotransmitters in our brain. You know, a very important brain chemical that relates to addiction is called dopamine. Mm-hmm. You know, when we have sufficient dopamine and when it can pass from one cell to another, we feel great. We have great energy, good self-esteem, focus, and very few cravings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really important. That's dopamine. But, you know, when we eat sugar, we actually block those dopamine. That it's called a receptor and other brain chemicals from actually moving from one cell to the next. And so then the communication between these cells becomes blocked and you're never going to feel pleasure or that calm feeling. You know, Dr. Candace Pert, who's a a well-known neuroscientist, and she wrote a book called The Molecules of Emotion, describes how both sugar and alcohol block these receptors. So you don't, you don't get the feeling that dopamine's supposed to give you. So, you know, just to kind of recap, we make this neurotransmitter called dopamine, and it moves from one cell to the other. And when it's moving from one cell to the other, we feel great and we have no addiction. And we know that blocked receptors can lead to depression, mm-hmm. cravings, and low self-esteem. And we know that this sugar and also alcohol block these receptors. And yep. so um, we're we just kind of checking well, our time here. We're checking our time, and we had a caller, and she left us. I'm very uh-huh. sorry. If you want to call back, we'll take your call. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, um, you know, the big book of AA talks about addiction being cunning, baffling, and powerful. Hmm. Oh, I think I've heard that one before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Say and that again, Nancy. Cunning, baffling, and powerful. It's patient. It'll wait for you. Uh-huh. It'll wait for a weak moment. Oh, and very good. And then all of a sudden the thinking starts. Uh-huh. And then in the thinking takes over in the brain like I had talked about earlier mm-hmm. and so that's where the power of the addiction starts to get crazy in your mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. create that stinking thinking and for some they just go reach for a drink and others they reach for support oh very so. good so i have another thought on that one maybe it isn't really as cunning baffling and powerful as we've all been led to believe it's kind of understanding some of the basic brain biochemistry that Dr. Candace Pert described here in her book, Molecules of Emotion. You know, maybe we could put that phrase into perspective. Now think about this for a minute. The bottom line is sugar blocks receptors. So blocked receptors lead to cravings, alcohol cravings and sugar cravings. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's another way to look at this and to demystify 
what is actually causing addiction or that those that kind of messages that our brain starts to recycle that we want more and more and more of something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so what you're really saying is that what we're feeding our brain could set us up for addiction to take over. And yes, when it does take over, it is cunning and baffling and very, very powerful. But, you know, nutritionally, we know eating processed carbs like the breads and the chips and sodas and cookies and cereal can let addiction become very, very powerful. So I think it is that time to take a break and come back. Yes. Okay. Come back. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're a parent of a teenager... You know, a recent study done at the National Institute of Mental Health found that the area of the brain responsible for more advanced functions, such as decision-making or judgment, impulse control, are not fully developed until age 24. Teens who start abusing alcohol and drugs at an early age are at a much greater risk of developing an addiction. But better nutrition during the adolescent years is very critical for avoiding addiction to alcohol. I hope you'll give us a call today with your questions at 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, people sign up for the Nutrition for Weight Loss program to lose weight, but they get so much more. Here's a comment from a grandma who wanted to lose weight before she purchased a dress for her only granddaughter's wedding. (laughs) And it was this month in July. She said, I lost 17 pounds in 29 and a half inches. You know, that's two to three dress sizes smaller. Mm. Now, this is the other things that happen. I lowered my cholesterol numbers. I lowered my glucose numbers, my blood sugar numbers. (laughs) And my triglycerides. I am happy and my doctor is very pleased with my results. No medication, just real food. So the Nutrition for Weight Loss classes start up again the week of August 10th at our all of our locations. Plus, we have a location at Woodbury and Eden Prairie. So sign up today. Call 651-699-3438 and we'll help fit the schedule for you mm-hmm. so you know which class is going to be the best one for you. So we have a caller, I think, that's yep, got an interesting do. question for us. Sarah, you've got a question for us. Good morning, Sarah. Good mo- Hi. Yes, good morning. Um, I, I love listening to your show. And thank I you. just wanted to say thank you so much, Nancy, for sharing your story. Um, You're my, my question is, and to be perfectly honest, I had an aha moment, Nancy, while you're sharing your story. Uh-huh. I I have a mother, my um my stepmother who's uh-huh. been my stepmother for over thirty years uh-huh. has um always had a struggle with alcohol uh-huh. and for twenty five years my first twenty five years of life um she was sober and then she I think was seduced by a vacation oh, yes. <laughs> when you said when you said that it just clicked in my head yeah. a couple of years ago went on vacation and while on vacation with my father, um, decided it was 
just why not have a cocktail? Yeah. And um, so now it's now we're kind of in a place where it's a it's it's a problem, mm-hmm. and no one knows how to talk about it. And we I've never we 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 don't know how to talk about it. And so I'm wondering, um, with the conversation that's going on this morning, mm-hmm. if there's a way I could approach my my stepmother who who she has no blood children so what we i am her child um okay. about about would, this and maybe a, a wellness way right um i would address the elephant in the room it's huge and everybody is walking around it and so what i would say to her is for the first 25 years of my life you didn't drink and you went on vacation and now you're drinking and i'm watching you struggle and this is what i'm noticing with your behavior when you drink and named some things that she's doing that are, you know, obvious that she's struggling with her drinking and tell her how it makes you feel. I feel sad. I feel angry. I feel whatever it is you're feeling and address it head on. That's one way. The other way is to call a treatment center and do an intervention with her. Sit down with your dad and yourself and any other loved ones that are involved and, uh, you know, have an intervention meeting with her. I think one of the other things is that you have to always think in terms of that you're saving her life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's done out of love and kindness and that you're saving her life. And it's tough love. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy kind of love to have, but I can hear it in your voice, the pain Mm -hmm. that this is causing Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. you like the lady. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I do. I I, I do. I love her. It is. It's very painful. Right. So, yeah. Thank you. Right. Right. All right. Good luck. That was, that was, that was a very nice call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, mm-hmm. Sarah, and good luck. So I think we had another caller that didn't want to stay on the line, but she had a question for us. Is And I hope I'm interpreting this right. Yeah. Is how do we get ourselves started in making changes? How do we motivate ourselves? And I think... You know, it's the same thing, Kate, you know, you and I, sometimes we know we have this kettlebell class yep. and we are tired and we struggle to get there, but we know that if we get there, we're going to feel better. It's the oddest decision making process. <laughs> and I think the same thing happens to people that are wanting to make changes if they sign up for one of our classes you know, nutrition for weight loss or weight and wellness, and they get themselves to class, they start to change their eating and then they start to feel better. Feel better. And they have more control over what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, Nancy, I would think the same thing would happen in recovery is first of all, they have to make a commitment to themselves and realize that it is a problem. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, go into an AA meeting. You don't have to even say you're an alcoholic. You're just here Mm -hmm. for the first time. Mm -hmm. You can sit there with your arms folded over your chest and just listen. And somebody will reach out to you. And you never have to go back if you don't want to. But it's Mm -hmm. a good first step. Mm -hmm. And there are a million treatment centers in Minnesota. It's the (laughs) land of 10,000 treatment centers, right? (laughs) So there's a lot of different options for people. But I guess it, again, it starts with, and I understand that question may be coming from somebody that is so depressed that they're having a hard time getting out of bed. So how to make that step. First step. That first step. 
it's tough. But, it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's it. It's some one of those things that has to happen. I think you're right. Yeah. You know, Nancy, you were talking before we took the callers of, you know, a little bit about your alcohol cravings. So what did you actually do about your alcohol cravings? How did you? How did well, you... in addition to, you know, getting the support that I really needed mm-hmm. and talking about it, that's the first thing. And getting those thoughts out of the craziness in my mind, I actually talked about them and it made them a lot smaller and mm-hmm. it actually helped them go away. But I, w- I was shocked at the process I was going through. And then I knew I needed to, you know, get the carbs under control. Hmm. So um, I needed to com- recommit to getting back on track with good nutrition. I restocked my kitchen with good foods and cooked healthy foods to grab and go, uh, making healthy snacks to keep me satisfied and balanced so I wouldn't be so preoccupied with the carbs or grabbing for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And it worked. You know, Mm -hmm. it feels better. I just feel better. You say that so, like it was so easy. Easy. (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) it takes the work of setting up your kitchen and once that's done, then you're, it's like you've got stuff to grab that's a little more healthy. You what know? did you remove from your kitchen? Um, well, cereal, uh, uh-huh. you know, any kind of sugary treats kinds of things went. Chips. Yep. Um, uh-huh. Cookies or uh, maybe that's yeah, I'm not, not a big thing. cookie gal, but, I, you know, candy, sh- you chocolate. know, sugar, chocolate. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, chocolate. Mm-hmm. I love my chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so those are the things that okay. I removed. And okay. I replaced it with, you know, making sure I had vegetables that were cut up that I could grab. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, um, you know, those turkey sticks that are so good. I love mm-hmm. them. Um, you know, just things that are like nice easy. protein and carb snacks together. You know, mm-hmm. easy things to grab. Yeah. You know, as listeners, and if you've never done this, it's kind of overwhelming. So we have a, just kind of a little recipe for a successful recovery which includes adequate amount of protein. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting because most people need 12, 12 to 14 ounces of protein daily. And men need more. You know, they need 14 to 16 ounces at least. At least. And Kate, yeah. you probably eat 14 <laughs> to 16 ounces every day. Or more. Or more. <laughs> okay. So we're talking about pork, beef, turkey, chicken, fish. And because, did you know that protein is the building block for dopamine and other neurotransmitters. Absolutely. In fact, that probably is a great suggestion to the caller who was not able to stay on the line. Mm-hmm. Is maybe your first step is to make yourself a couple scrambled eggs with bacon for breakfast. So I, you know what, Kate, I'm going to cut you off because yep. I'm just watching the clock. Yep. It's, I don't know how this time goes so fast. I know. <laughs> Here we are. Break three. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you have cravings for sugar and alcohol, let me recommend a supplement DAR formulated several years ago. It's called Crave Control Plus. Now, we often recommend Crave Control Plus to help clients let go of the sugar and alcohol. It's formulated to help develop the brain chemicals that may have been depleted because of stress or poor eating choices or the overuse of soda and alcohol. If you want to find out more about this product, Crave Control Plus, call our office at 651-699-3438. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Next Wednesday, July 22nd at 7 o'clock in the evening, I will present 
Nutrition for Sobriety for the Women in Recovery at the Retreat Center in Wyzetta. You know, this presentation is for women only, and there is no charge. So the directions to the Retreat Center, if you're interested in going, go to www.theretreat.org. Or if so, if you're interested in attending, I can give you the address. It's 1221 Wyzetta Boulevard. And it's right across the street from our Nutritional Weight and Wellness Office, if you know where that is. So um, one of the other things is Nancy has agreed to come out and and she's going to talk maybe for about five minutes at that presentation. So Wednesday night. And so you can meet her. And I think that's going to be lovely. And if you want to know more about Nancy, she is a minister. And often you find her on weekends marrying couples. And during the week, you can reach her at 868-2160. That's a 612 number. Yep, 612. Okay. And that's for counseling and healing. Mm-hmm. And she does, you do healing touch, mm-hmm. which is done in a lot of hospitals. Yeah, it okay. is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also you developed a special kind of pillow for women, didn't you? I did. What's that? It's called the Moonlight Pillow. It's in a crescent moon shape, and it's for women undergoing breast cancer treatments. And mm-hmm. where do you have that made? I have it made out at the Shakopee Women's Prison. Isn't that mm-hmm. wonderful? The inmates out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You give them work. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yep. So also, Nancy wrote a wonderful article about her sobriety for our Weight and Wellness blog. And if you're interested, just go to weightandwellness.com, click on blog, and really enjoy our article. Mm-hmm. It's a very good article. It's a great article, Nancy. Thank you. You know, when we uh, before we left for break, we were talking about sort of a recipe for recovery. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that we talked about was eating enough protein, 14 to 16 ounces for women and more for men. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like a lot of protein, but it, um, it makes a huge difference. Yes, it does. Uh, another step would be to eliminate processed carbs and mm-hmm. sugar. So that's stopping the pop and the sugar-laden coffee drinks. Also, those energy, energy. drinks oh, yeah. that are so popular these days. Stopping the sweet rolls and the cereal bars and the cereal. Instead, eat more veggies. Perfect. So that's that's a little part of the recipe. Mm-hmm. When I ate like that, you know, I would have body aches. I would get tired and I would be depressed. You know, I think that happens to a lot of people, not just you, Nancy. It does, yeah. I was talking to a girlfriend last night and kind of telling her a little bit about what I was going to say, and and uh, she's recently changed her eating plan, and I said, you know all those aches and pains you used to have? Mm-hmm. You don't have many. You don't she complain. goes, oh, I don't. Uh-huh. I don't have those anymore, you know? Yep. It's kind mm-hmm. of fun. And um, so then I added in good fat. I um, mm. cooked my vegetables in coconut oil and butter and it's so much taste so much better that way (laughs) so you know going back to the chemistry our brain is about 80 70 to 80 percent omega-3 fat so adding in good fats is important but also avoiding bad fats Mm. such as margarine cool whip (laughs) and nancy what did you call cool whip the other day when we were talking trans fats in a tub (laughs) Get rid of most of the chips and the French fries. 
it, you know, you have to do this to get your brain working right. Right. You know, I found I needed to feed my brain good food to control the cravings. Um, nutrition has really played a big role in the quality of my sobriety. Hmm. You know, you can make it. You can do it. Um, you know, eating sugar and all that kind of thing. But the quality of your sobriety isn't quite as good because you're tired, you run down, you might struggle more with depression. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I feel better and I feel stronger and more balanced when I eat the, the food this way and when I stay hydrated. You know, you, talk, you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but you kind of fell off the good eating habit wagon when you had surgery to remove a cancerous growth from your nose. What happened there? Well, you know, I thought it was going to be a simple surgery. I bought a tiny little, you know, a box of little tiny Band-Aids and went off to the oh. have this thing uh, removed. And it was a small basal cell carcinoma on my nose. So I didn't think, whatever, it's, you know, the least... Um, dangerous cancer to have. But boy, did I get a surprise. Um, I ended up needing reconstructive surgery on my nose, and I had three different incisions to deal with. I needed antibiotics and pain meds. So, you know, my Hmm. whole system was really thrown off. The antibiotics and the pain meds that I had to be on created a real imbalance in my system. I needed to... um, you know, do a lot of work there to rebuild my system. And then a I was too fatigued. Rest, I yeah, mm-hmm. I was just so fatigued. I couldn't exercise. I thought, oh, I'll go out for a walk. And I couldn't even, mm. like, I'm down the end of the block and back. And I thought, wow, I just, I was so surprised at how tired I was. Um, and I just mm. wanted comfort foods like chocolate and pizza and ice cream and popcorn. And, uh, you know, alcohol used to give me that comfort. And mm-hmm. um, so I think that's when the first kind of cravings started to sneak in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd made some strides to get back on track, but the sugar and carb cravings were really relentless. And, you know, um, I think the probiotics really helped get me back on track. You know, the mm-hmm. antibiotics can, yep. you know, really Wipe tear up. up your intestinal system. And, mm-hmm. you know, those cravings were real. I could have sat down and ate a whole cake after eating, <laughs> after taking the antibiotics. Oh, so, really? Okay. So that yeah. does happen to a lot of people. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. It really does. And um, so, uh, well, oh, go ahead. We often see that sort of same problem with clients who are addicted to sugar you know once they start eating it they just can't quit and it really is truly easier once these people make the decision not to eat sugar instead of allowing themselves to have some sugar now and then sugar and alcohol both block the neurotransmitter receptors so then we end up feeling anxious and tired and irritable and spacey and you know i think nancy one of the things that you said is that when you took the antibiotics, it just messed up your system, and then you had many more cravings, and people don't even realize that. No. And this, they're having surgeries all the time, or they're taking antibiotics for all kinds of different reasons, and they don't connect that it does increase hunger and also sugar cravings. Absolutely. It's the bread. It's the, it's the rolls. It's the mm-hmm. cookies. It's the, you just all of a sudden want it. You want mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. And, you, mm-hmm. you know, the... Candida or whatever the yeast that's in there is just screaming out for more of those kinds of things. Absolutely. So, you know, Nancy, toward the, you know, we're getting close to almost being out of time here. I know you just looked at the clock and said, oh, my gosh, (laughs) you know, you know, I think you you have so much wisdom to share with people that are in recovery. Um, You know, 
you, you wrote something. Will you be willing to share that? Well, sure. You know, there's an emptiness that I think people have. And people drink to fill that emptiness. They eat food to fill the emptiness. There's a lot of other addictive behaviors they want to fill that emptiness. And it's really more about the connection that we have with, with one another and reaching out and also feeding our system. You know, feeding our system, taking care of ourselves, being gentle with ourselves. Um, you know, I think it's important. And if you've been on a, a pain medication, and I needed a strong pain medication, I'm not going to, I think some alcoholics think that they shouldn't take pain medication, but after the kind of surgery I had, I really needed it. And I think that the Vicodin, you know, you know, I was on it for four days. I limited myself to the four days and that had created an emptiness Mm. when I stopped mm -hmm. taking when you it, stopped it. Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize I just was like this something I wanted to fill you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, when I really started to fill it with better nutrition and support mm -hmm. and reaching out you know it really helped me a lot you know mm -hmm. I don't even I've got a half a bottle of Vicodin I don't even think about sitting yeah. in you know but I think the same thing happens when people stop drinking they have that emptiness, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And I bet the same thing happens when people stop eating sugar. Oh, absolutely. They have that emptiness and they're trying to fill it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so mm -hmm. very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, Nancy, I think one of the other things that you, you know, you said you're, you're used to be willing to go to any length for a drink. That's right. And they told me in treatment that if I worked as hard at my sobriety as I did at drinking, I'd be fine. And I did. So now <laughs> I'm willing to go to any length to maintain a good quality of sobriety for myself. Oh, yeah. Wow. So what are some of the things, if you could kind of recap again, some of the things that are really critical for your sobriety? Pack my lunch and snacks. Um, mm. Eat really well. Um, eat my drink my water, do my exercise, have protein shakes when I need them, and plan and prepare. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, I'm willing to um, go to any length for my sobriety because it's really important to me to have that good quality of life. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being well, on the show, Nancy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.